0: My church, we will not be silenced. No matter what the government says or anybody else says, we're still going to sing at the top of our lungs to shout the name of Jesus across this earth. From the rooftops to the neighbor's house, come on, we've got an obligation to share Jesus more than ever before. So
1: Nothing is a cat
0: You have purpose. God has a reason for you. If you've been on the fence wondering, God, what do you want from me? Right here and right now, declare that Jesus is Lord. That's the first step. That he gave you breath when he spoke you into existence. It's not over. When he spoke the world into existence, it's still creating. We're here to worship. We're here to spread the message of Jesus and his breath is in our lungs. You're not here by anything you've done. So we're gonna sing this just a couple more times, just me and you and the acoustic and everybody's voice, we're just gonna sing it out as loud as we can and focus on God, what he's done for you, how he's given you life. Because of that breath, we have another opportunity to share Jesus with someone. Because of that breath, your past is the past. Aren't you thankful we're not defined by our past? Because none of us would be worthy to stand. Amen. So Lord, we're thankful for your breath.
1: And it's your breath in our lungs, so we.
0: We love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to come worship you this morning. We thank you for the breath that you've given us, that we have yet another opportunity to share Jesus with someone. I pray as the word is shared this morning, Lord, that you'll continue to shape us and mold us into the image of your son, Jesus. no matter what lions are in the lion's den, that we know we come out victorious because of the work on the cross and the blood shed for us. Father, we love you. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name and everybody in this place said, amen.
2: Amen. Are you thankful that in Him we live, we move, and we have our being? It's because of His breath uh, that we're able to come together today and that we're able to, to lift up the name of Jesus. And uh, we are so thankful that you are here today, that you're joining us either here or uh, online. Uh, we are excited about what God is doing, uh, in, not only in our church, but in our community, uh, in, in our nation. Uh, it would be easy to focus on all the negative But I know that the Word of God declares that all things work together for good. And I know that anything that the enemy means to destroy us, God can use to build us up. And He can turn bad things into good things. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the book of Proverbs. And we've been talking about how that in the the world that we're living in today, that we need to do all that we can do to gain wisdom. The Bible tells us that wisdom is more precious than anything that we can obtain. It's more precious than anything that that we can go after. And so this week I want to continue that theme. And I want to talk about the word diligence. You see, this word, the word of God is a manual to life. And as we read it through the New Testament, Jesus modeled to us what we and how we should live. In the Word, we are given many principles that we should be applying to our life. It's not about just having a a nice story. It's not about just reading about things that may have happened a long time ago. But it's about looking at those things and realizing and understanding that it still applies to our life today. And this morning, in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24, we see this. It says, The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. The hand of the diligent will rule. The hand of the diligent will be successful. You see, we have to understand that we have to keep pushing through. The Word tells us how to live a life of diligence. The Word gives many examples of people that were diligent. And this morning, I want to look at one of them. I want to look at the life of Daniel. I want to examine what does it mean to be diligent? What does it mean to persevere? Uh, Daniel was a man of great diligence. He persevered in his prayer life. He shared his faith, regardless of what was happening around him. He modeled Christ in every way that he lived. And this morning, I want to look at four things that I see in the life of Daniel. Four things that I believe that if we could model in our life that would help us get to where God wants us to go and where he wants us to be in him. Uh, The first thing is that the diligent do not make excuses. How many people have children that they're always making excuses? They'll do something, and 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 the, and when you ask them about it, they have a reason or an excuse as to why they did it. Uh, how many people, maybe you're that person. Uh, you're the person that you're always making an excuse as to why you did or reacted in the way that you did. In Daniel chapter 1, uh, we read and begin to read the story, and here we see that there's a king of Israel, and that king isn't serving God. He's not doing things the right way. He's not honoring God. And because of that, God allows his enemies to come in and to overtake them. Daniel, at this point, he was royalty, but he was taken back to Babylon as a slave. King Nebuchadnezzar took him as a slave. Needless to say, Daniel was having a very bad week. He had lost everything. I mean, we look at and we think about the the bad days that we have or maybe the the bad weeks that that we go through or sometimes it extends into bad months or bad years. But when you look at what happened to Daniel, uh, what we go through probably pales in comparison. He was snatched up and he was taken to a foreign land to be a slave. He had lost everything. Everything. But he didn't make excuses. Daniel said, even though I'm in a bad situation, even though I'm in a moment that that everything around me looks bad, I'm going to continue to follow God. I'm going to continue to walk out His will in my life. I'm going to continue to do the things the right way and do the things that I know that I need to do. I mean, if anyone had a reason to make excuses, it was Daniel. But in Daniel chapter one, verse eight, it said, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So Daniel said, even though things are the way that they are, it says that he purposed in his heart. He made a decision in his heart that he was not going to defile himself. He wasn't going to take the easy way out. There's so many times in our lives, and and I see it, that people are looking for the easy way out. I, I see it. We'll just use the example of marriages. Couples, they stand at the altar and they say, I do. But then they hit a rough stretch and things start going wrong. And there are times that, yes, that relationship may come to an end. But often what I see is that people are looking for an easy way out. And they begin to verbalize it. And they say, well, you know, they're doing this, and they're not living up to this, and they're not... And, and before you know it, before you know it, instead of confronting the problem, they just run away from it. Before taking and saying, I'm going to face this head on. And I'm going to do everything that I can do. There's times that you do everything that you can do, and it still, it takes two. But often... People just look for the easy way out. You see it all the time. Um, when it comes to working out, I look for the easy way out. Man, I, I'm not going to go today. I'm tired. It's too hot outside. It's too, you fill in the blank. We start to make excuses. We don't, we're not diligent about what's in front of us. We set ourselves up for failure. Uh, it's been said that, that our worst counselors... There's three really bad counselors. Me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. Why? Because when we start trying to, to make decisions and we start trying to counsel ourselves, it will lead us to horrible decisions. We have to purpose in our hearts. We have to say, you know what? I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to, to cheat to get ahead. I'm not going to do the things. I'm not going to defile myself just because it's an easy way out. I'm not going to, to make excuses. I'm going to be diligent about what's in front of me. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 13 says, The lazy man says there is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. I find this humorous. The Bible's funny. Here's the the smartest man ever to live, and he's telling us that that people will make excuses and say, I can't go out there because there's a lion. I can't go out there because he's going to eat me alive. Often we are held hostage by our excuses. We're held hostage by the things that we tell ourselves, just like this verse. There's a lion outside. I ain't going out there. I'm going to stay in here. In John chapter 5, there's an example of someone who wanted to make excuses. Uh, there's a man at the pool of Bethesda, and he's, he's there, and, and Jesus is there visiting, and, and there's a, this pool was a, a place that the angel would come down once a year and stir the water, and the first one in the pool would be healed. It's like a a race for healing. We make a great TV show. Jesus is talking to this man who's crippled. And Jesus looks at him and he says, do you want to be healed? Now, the the man probably said, well, that's why I'm here. Yeah, I would love to be healed. I mean, you would think that's a crazy question. But what Jesus was saying is, is, do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be whole? And the problem was, he wanted the man to understand who it was that was standing in front of him. He wanted the man to understand that the person that he was talking to had the ability to make him healthy. To make him whole. But when Jesus asked this question, he said, yeah, I'd love to be whole, but. But I'm lame. But I have no one to help me get into the pool. I have no one. And he just started making excuses. And Jesus says, listen, if you want to be healed, stop making excuses, get up and walk. Jesus was saying, you want to be healed, understand who it is that's standing before you. Understand who it is and what power that I have. He said, don't lay there and make excuses. You see, excuses can trap us and keep us where we are. Excuses can keep us bound Excuses can keep us crippled. You see, God wants to bring favor into your life. Just like that man that he healed. He wants to bring healing into the life of those who are sick. He wants to help those who are hurting. He wants to change your life. But in order for that to happen, that man could have said, You know what? I can't get up. I can't do it. Don't you see I've been laying here? I'm crippled. Jesus said, get up and walk. Don't make excuses. I believe God wants to bring some restoration into marriages. God wants to give us favors. He wants to heal some relationships. He wants to change some situations. But we have to be diligent. We have to stop making excuses. Daniel chapter 1 verse 9 says this. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. He said, God did it. God brought Daniel into favor. Why? Because Daniel wasn't willing to make excuses. And the same thing that he did for Daniel, he wants to do for you and he wants to do for me. It wasn't Daniel, it was God. Secondly, the diligent are consistent. The diligent are consistent. Daniel was a man of consistency. You know, being consistent is something that's it's not easy. Uh, in the world that we live in and, and the things that we go through, just being consistent from day to day to day is difficult. You ever been to a restaurant and, and, you, and you order something and it's great? and then you go the next time and you order the same thing, and you're like, man, this is not very good. But the restaurants that succeed are those restaurants that every time you go, it's consistent. Every time that you order it, you know it's going to taste the same. It's going to be what you really wanted. It's because it's consistency. Daniel was a man of consistency. In, in Daniel chapter 1, verse 12, and- 13, it says, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. Then in verse 15, it says, and at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh. Than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. So Daniel said, Listen, give me a chance to to be consistent. Give me vegetables. Give me water for 10 days. And let me show you that that consistency will make a difference. Now, it wasn't just those 10 days that proved Daniel's consistency, but it was just part of the picture. It was part of the picture. Uh, The problem is, and what we have to realize, is you can't gain a good reputation in five minutes. If someone, you're not going to be with somebody for five minutes and, and automatically over those five minutes have a good reputation. Now, I'll tell you one thing that five minutes can do. This is just a little side note. It can give you a bad reputation. Your witness that you have built over years can be destroyed in one moment in one post, in one rant. It can be destroyed. But that reputation is built over a life of consistency. You ever been around somebody who's not consistent? And you're just waiting, you're trying to look at their eyes to see what kind of mood they're in, as you, whether you want to approach them or not. And you can tell very quickly if they're riled up, and you're like, oh, 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 got to go consistency, it's built over time. I want to be the same person through the good times and through the bad times. In Daniel's life, these 10 days were just an initial period of time, but over his entire life, he remained consistent. And because of that, God opened doors for him. God blessed him. And God wants to do the same in in our life. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 tells us this, For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. He says, listen, you need to endure. You need to to keep going. This is such a powerful scripture. It's saying you've got to push through. You've got to keep on keeping on. You, You have to be consistent. You have to keep doing His will. It says when you do that, it's then that you receive what he has promised. Now, we know that he's promised heaven, but that's not all that we're talking about here. Because, you see, because of Daniel's consistency, he was promoted on earth. He became one of the leaders in the kingdom. I mean, even after King Nebuchadnezzar was no longer king, when King Darius had took over, Daniel was still consistent. And because of his consistency, he was promoted once again. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, it says this The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire Empire. It says Daniel went from being a slave to being number two in charge. There's some of you that may be sitting here today, and you may be in a season right now, and you're thinking, you know what, I should just stop. I should just quit. I'm not making a difference. What I'm doing is not making a difference. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I just want to stop. Maybe, maybe I should, you know, this church is just not doing it for me anymore. Maybe I should just leave and go somewhere else. Whatever it is in your life that, that you come up against, don't make excuses. Don't look for the easy way out. Stay consistent. Press through. Keep going. God wants to bless you. God wants to, to use you. But the diligent are consistent. Thirdly, the diligent are resourceful. The diligent are resourceful. You see, what we have to understand and what we have to realize is God just isn't a source. He is the source. When we look at our life, we have to understand that the greatest resource that we have is God. God. All things were made by Him. Everything that we have is given to us by Him. Daniel understood that in times of trouble, when he really needed something, that he could run to God, the source, and not away from Him. Being in ministry for for so many years, I've watched it over and over and over again. Something happens in someone's life. And in that moment... Instead of running to God, they run from Him. Instead of going to the source, they run away from it. I mean, that would be like being outside and and being extremely thirsty. And there being a a bottle of water sitting there. And you look at that water and you know that, that that water will quench your thirst but you look at it and you walk away and you continue to be dry and parched. God said, run to me. I am the source. Daniel understood who he could run to. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 9 says this, a lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. Uh, in other words, a, a lazy person has resources, but they don't use them. They have resources, but they destroy them. You see, we need to be the kind of people that do not waste resources. We need to value them. We need to value what God has placed in us. Uh, We need to value what He has given us. We are told that if we are faithful with the small things, with the little things, that He will give us more. Now, often we look at that and it's a, a great verse if you're preaching on tithing and, and, and money. Because, and it's true. But it's true about other things as well. God said, just be faithful. Understand that what you have, what I give you, be faithful with it. Put it to good use. Don't waste it. Because when you waste resources, you destroy things. We read the story that when Jesus fed the 5,000, and there's a key detail that that we miss sometimes, that I have often missed, and as I was studying this and reading commentaries and and someone pointed this out, and I thought, you know what, I've never thought of it that way. But we know that, that at the end, when everybody was full, everybody had been fed, that Jesus told the disciples, go around and get the leftovers. And it said there were 12 baskets full. Now, how many people like leftovers? Anybody? How many people, when you're at the restaurant, and they say, do you want a to-go box? And you say, yeah, we'll take it. And they put it in there, and you take it home. You put it in the refrigerator. And then you just it's just like, instead of throwing it away in the restaurant's trash, you're throwing it away in your trash. Because you just fill up your, I mean, we've got to-go boxes. Every Sunday night, I look at them and think, well, tomorrow's trash day. Uh, that one's been in there since last Sunday, or last Monday. I know people that you can be a, a $100 steak, and it doesn't matter. They're not going to eat leftovers. Well, here Jesus is. Now, if, if I were Jesus, I would think, you know what? I can turn loaves and fishes and multiply them anytime I want. So, you know, forget about that. Just leave it. It's too much work to go pick that mess up. But he wasn't going to waste the leftovers. He wasn't going to waste what God had allowed him to have. He said, go get it. We'll put it to use. Daniel chapter 2, verse 18 and 19 says this, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of of the wise men of Babylon. Then verse 19 says, Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision, so Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So what's going on here was that the king had had a dream, and he wanted this dream interpreted. And so here Daniel is, Things aren't going real well and, and King Nebuchadnezzar's had a dream and, and Daniel needed to get the interpretation. What did Daniel do? He went to God. He knew who his source was. And do you think this was the first time that, that Daniel had ever went to God? You think Daniel went to God that night and said, you know, God, I know we haven't talked in, you know, since the last time I had a problem, but you think you could, uh, you know, could you hook me up here? Uh, This would really help me out if you could No. Daniel knew who his source was. Throughout his entire life, Daniel knew who his source was. And it says that when he went to God and he prayed, he got the vision of what the dream and the interpretation, and then what does it say? He didn't say, man, I'm great. I've got this, King Neb. It says, so Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel knew, it's not me, but it's God. There's another situation in Daniel's life when, when Daniel would get tossed into a lion's den. You see, if you read the story of Daniel, people pretty much hated him. They hated him. So they came up with a plan. They said, you know what, we've got this idea. Hey, King Darius, I've got a great idea. Let's come up and let's say that No one can pray to anyone else but to you. Now, can you imagine somebody, I mean, can you imagine the big head that you would get if somebody said, hey, let's make this law that everybody has to bow down to you and only you. That'd be awesome. King Darius said, I think that's a great idea. Sounds great. But in that moment, he was only thinking about himself. He wasn't thinking about the result and the consequences of his decision. And so in that moment, when they were trying to trap Daniel, and they went to Daniel and, and, and he said, he's praying. And then they brought him before the king and he said, this, this guy was praying to somebody other than you. Now in that moment, the king said, you know what? I messed up. How many times do we make decisions in the heat of the moment and realize that we've messed up? That's where the king is at at this moment. And he tried very hard to get Daniel out of this situation because he loved Daniel. And he knew, man, I've messed up. I've made a decision that's going to to possibly cost Daniel his life. But he knew that he had to follow through with it. Daniel chapter 6 verse 16 So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. So here we're talking about a man who didn't serve God, who didn't worship God, but he knew God was real. Why? Because he had watched Daniel's life. He had watched Daniel's consistency. He had watched Daniel be diligent over everything. There are times that that God will put us and will pull us out of a storm. He'll pull us out of it. But then there's other times that God's going to say, you know what? You're going to have to walk through this storm. You're going to have to go through it. Sometimes you have to walk through that lion's den. But you have to realize that in that moment that God is still Lord over the lion. And in this moment with Daniel, God shut the mouth of the lion. We read in the New Testament when when the disciples were out on the boat and the storm was raging, Jesus had the power to speak into that moment and say, peace be still. You see, as followers of Christ, we do not have to be afraid of the storms. We do not have to be fearful of the storms because it's in the storms when God shows himself. The Bible tells us when we are weak, that's when he is strong. And sometimes the storms come into our life so that we can be developed and so that we can be promoted. Sometimes the storms come into our life to give God an opportunity to deliver us so that not only we, our faith can be built, but but so that the people around us who don't even believe in God can look at our life and say, just as the king did, I know that your God is real. I know that he will deliver you. Sometimes we have to go through it. Next, the diligent will follow through. They'll follow through. You ever had somebody that Told you they were going to do something, but then they don't do it. Man, how irritating is that? You told me you were going to, but you didn't do it. Husbands, you ever got that talk? You told me you were going to cut the grass today, but you didn't do it. Just say, honey, there's a line outside. I'll be slain in the street, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 27 tells us this. Lazy people don't even cook the game they catch, but the diligent make use of everything they find. Now, this is a hard example for me to use, but it's in the Bible, so I'm going to do it. Um, if you know me at all, and if you don't, I'll just fill you in. I don't like to hunt. I don't like to fish. Yes, I am from West Virginia, but I, was, I'm, I tell people i was from the city. You didn't know West Virginia had cities, did you? But my sister, when she was dating her now husband, I guess she was trying to impress him, so she decided she was going to go hunting. And um, they went hunting, and one of them killed a deer, I don't know, but I'll remember his pictures, her trying to gross me out of her gutting this deer. And I'm looking at her and thinking, "I, I told you you were adopted. Ain't nobody in our family ever gut a deer. But the easy part is catching it. That's the easy part. The hard part is gutting it. It's cleaning it. It's cooking it. I talk to men all the time that they can, you know, they have, they get out of breath walking up the steps. But they'll go hunting and kill a deer and drag it out of the woods. Why? Because they, they, they understand that in order to get the benefit of what they just did, they have to follow through. They can't just stop. I like going, I, I love the beach, but I don't like going on the pier. Why? Because you got all these guys, you know, they're fishing, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's all right as long as it's, all I see is a pole and a line. Then they start wheeling, reeling this fish in, and um, then they take it, and fish is still flopping around, and they put it on the pier, and then they take a big machete and chop it. Why do they do that? Because they understand. I mean, yeah, it's okay to catch the thing, but if you just throw it back, what have you gained? If you just if you don't follow through, the benefit of having good fish not going to happen you see there's some things that we won't get if we quit there's things that we won't get if we quit Daniel wouldn't quit you see there's things in life that God has called us to there's things that God wants to do in you and through you. But he's saying you can't be satisfied just stopping where you are. And too often as in life. We quit. We stop. I had the pleasure of going to uh, Colorado Springs. And I stood at the bottom of And looked up at Pikes Peak, and I could see the snow-capped mountains, and it was the end of August. It was like 80 degrees where I was, but I could look up, and I took pictures, and I've got pictures of it, and it's cool to look at. It's awesome. But then I have a picture that we actually went up the mountain. I didn't climb it. We drove. I don't want you to pat me on the back too much. There are no guardrails, so it was a little scary. But I have a picture of me standing up there on the top of that mountain with snow flying around at the end of August. And that picture means a whole lot more and is a whole lot more impressive than the picture that I took standing in the parking lot of the place that I was. So often in life, we're satisfied just looking up at the top of the mountain and saying, man, I bet it's cool up there, but I ain't going. I bet it's cool up there, but too much work. I bet it's nice up there, but I'm just going to quit right now. And we miss what God has for us. That trip was It had to be over 20 years ago. But I still have a vivid picture of me standing at the top of that mountain. Why? Because I know that it took something for me to get up there. But what I was willing to do changed my life forever. Something I will never forget. Some people never make it to the top because they quit. It's so important that we push through. It's so important that we stay consistent, that we keep persevering. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 tells us this. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him a life of diligence when it comes to following Christ. He says he will reward those who are diligent in the way that they live their lives. He said without faith, it's impossible to please him. A lot of times we think that we need big faith. I'm not so sure that it's the size of your faith. But it's the longevity of your faith. Because there's sometimes that we have to keep believing God for a long time. And we keep waiting. But we keep having that faith, saying, God, I know you haven't done it yet, but I'm still believing. I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to quit. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 tells us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. When I look at the life of Jesus, I understand and I realize that there was a moment in this process I mean, this wasn't just a a one-time moment for Jesus. I mean, he was born to die. This process just didn't start when they came to the Garden of Gethsemane to take him away. That's not when it started. It was a process. And throughout this whole process, he had to have the faith of knowing that he had a purpose and that he had a reason and that he was going to keep Pressing through. You see what the enemy wants to do to me and what he wants to do to you is he wants to get you to that point. And he wants you to start looking at everything around you and he wants you to say, I quit. That moment when Jesus prayed, when he said, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me, man, the enemy would have loved it if he would have stopped. Right there. If he would have stopped his prayer. Right there. God take it away from me. But he didn't. He had faith enough to say. And faith enough in his father. To say. If it's your will let it pass from me. But nevertheless. Not my will. But yours be done. And it's because of that prayer, it's because of the faith, the longevity of the faith that he had in the Father. The enemy didn't want him to go to the cross. He had said he was going to raise again. He said he was going to rise again. But in that moment, Jesus was consistent with his mission With his purpose. He said, I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna keep pressing on. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I've um, I'm at a season in my life that the thought has crossed my mind more than once that I just need to give up, that I need to quit. That what I'm doing it's not worth it. It's not working. I'm ready just to throw up my hands and, and walk away from the situation. I'm ready to walk away from a relationship with Christ. I'm ready to walk away from things that I know that God has placed in my life. But right now I'm at a moment that I don't feel like being consistent. I don't feel like pressing through. I don't feel like being diligent. And we've all been there. I've been there. If you're here this morning, you say that's that's me. I'm, I'm to a point that I just I don't know if I can go any farther. Just slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Holy Spirit, speak to hearts. God wants you to know today that He is your source. That He is the author and the finisher of your faith. And that if you will be diligent, if you will live a life of diligence. You'll be consistent if you won't make excuses. If you'll honor Him with the resources that He's blessed you with. If you won't give up, He wants you to know that He is a rewarder of those who live their life in that manner. And you may be in a season and you may think, well, it's not happening. Just have faith. Keep trusting. Keep believing. I'm sure there there's times in Daniel's life when he looked at everything around him and he thought, you know what? It'd be just be easier to bow down to the king. It'd be easier to, to eat the delicacies that, that they're bringing before me. I mean, vegetables and water? But he wouldn't do it. He said, I know what I need to do and I'm going to keep doing it regardless Of what the circumstances look like. I'm going to ask you to stand. And we're going to pray. But as we pray. Here's what I want you to declare. If you raised your hand. And and you said I'm in that season. This altar is always open. And um, we've got plenty of room. If you need to come pray, there'll be somebody to meet you here to pray with you. But we're going to pray. And as we pray, what I want you to do is, is I want you to declare in your life that God is your source. God is your source. No matter what the world wants you to think, No matter what the enemy wants you to believe. God is your source. And if you're consistent, if you're diligent, it's going to work out in your favor. Ultimately, it's going to work out in your favor. Consistency, diligence. God will reward it. He promises in His Word can't lie so we're going to pray you need prayer you can make your way to this altar you want to pray where you are that's fine too we're going to believe god father i come before you right now god i thank you for the hands that were raised across this building god i thank you thank you holy spirit for speaking into the lives of your people God, I'm so thankful that you are such a God that loves us so much that when we're hurting, when we're struggling, God, that you love us so much that you will speak into our souls into our hearts. God, I pray today that as we leave this place and as we walk out of these four walls that we will go knowing that you are our source. God, that we will become more determined, more purposed in our heart. That we're going to follow your will. That we're not going to defile ourselves. God, for those who are struggling today, I pray that you speak peace into their situation. God, that you allow them to know that you are Lord and that you are Lord of all things. That you have the ability to shut the mouth of a lion, that you have the ability to stop the winds and the waves, that you have the ability and the authority to make them whole. To allow them to walk again. God, we trust you. God, our faith, may it be everlasting. May it not waver. May it stand the test of time. Father, it's your, your name that we pray. Spirit, speak to your people. Speak peace. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If God did something in your life today, find somebody. It says we're overcomers by the word of our testimony. Let somebody know if you're struggling know that this is a church that will walk with you. Don't do it alone. With God, God has placed you here. God has given you this resource as an extension of him to walk with you, to help you, because we're all in this together. We love you. Have a great, great Sunday. Stay cool. I know it's not possible. Go jump in a pool somewhere. We love you. Have a great week.